It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Opportunity to, to speak with him. He's in Germany, and of course here um, 
here at the Pancakes of Power Sam Show studio. It's about a six-hour difference, uh, so <laughs> so we managed to make it work. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, uh, here is the interview of none other than Dust Wonder and Alex Wright. Enjoy. And we'll be right back after that with No Mercy Trivia for all SmackDown review uh, and some Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor talk. So let's have some fun and enjoy the Alex Wright interview. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Chris Featherstone. This is the Pancakes and Power Slam show, ladies and gentlemen. And I am really, really excited to have uh, the guest tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We've been working out some kinks for a few weeks now, trying to figure out how to get this interview together. But uh, we're all set up here in the Pancakes and Power Slam show uh, studio and here in the States. But the guest tonight is all the way from Nuremberg, Germany. He is on location in Nuremberg, Germany with his new uh, European Championship Wrestling. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, former WCW uh, Television Champion, former WCW Tag Team Champion, former WCW Cruiserweight Champion, Das Wunderkind, Alex Wright. How are you tonight? Here is Alex Wright. <laughs> Germany. Absolutely, man. Uh, it's great to have you on the show tonight. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, you had a, a desire to become a professional wrestler in your teenage years. Like, what was it about professional wrestling? I know that Germany and, and, and Europe has a very, very strong uh, legacy of professional wrestling. Uh, what was it that caused you to to want to wanna endeavor in that career? Well, actually, it was I was much younger than in my teens when I decided to become a wrestler. Uh, it, basically, my dad is the reason for it because I'm a second-generation wrestler. My father, Stephen Wright, was a very successful international pro wrestler. He wrestled all over the world. He wrestled for New Japan many, many years. He wrestled for uh, um, CMML and AAA in Mexico. Mm-hmm. He wrestled for Stuhart in Canada. He wrestled for Vern Gagne in, in the States. And of course, he wrestled all over Europe. And when I was a little kid, of course, I traveled around. I, you know, I grew up on the road, so to say. Uh, I stayed in the hotel, or uh, we traveled around with a, with a caravan, and uh, always close to the wrestling building. Mm-hmm. And of course, as a little kid, best playground was for me to to step in the ring with my dad, you know, and, and play around. And um, I didn't know at that time, but my dad always trained me, even at that early age. I mean, I, I think I, I started at, at the age of three. Mm-hmm. He started training me, but for me, it was playing around and. That's as I got older, you know, you got more eager and you, you had more goals and you got more ambition what you want to achieve in that sport. And so he, he trained me harder and uh, with 16, I uh, had my um, professional first wrestling match in wow. Germany. Fantastic, man. Also, my, 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 my uncle, Bernard Wright, he also was a... Um, pro wrestler many, many years internationally. He wrestled all over the world, and my dad was a 16-time CWA world champion and a European tag team, and a tag team champion and European champion, and he, uh, you know, and his um, foster father, he also was a promoter, 
uh, pro wrestler and uh, owner of wrestling school. He also trained uh, British Bulldogs. Mm. Uh, you know, very uh, famous WWF tag team. And so, yeah, I, I come from one of the few European wrestling families, and uh, wrestling is my blood. I love wrestling. I just that's that's what it, I wanted to do. Just step in the footsteps of my dad. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and some and that led to uh, a, a recruitment uh, to World Championship Wrestling back in '94. Um, who what, who was it that was uh, uh, responsible for bringing you to? Uh, the states and WCW. Well, the thing was, since I was uh, the youngest uh, European, uh, especially German, of course, German pro wrestler and one of the youngest European wrestlers and worldwide one of the youngest, I got a lot of media attention here in Germany. Uh, I was invited to many TV shows and radio shows and stuff like that. And uh, at one TV show, which was one of the biggest talk shows here in Germany, and that was the topic wrestling and they invited me as a German wrestler and also they invited Sting and uh, Johnny Bivat uh, or Wildman Mark Merrow from WWE mm-hmm. at, at the time and um, I met those guys and they were very nice to me and also I met the, the WCW public relations manager at that time and they invited me to a, to a show in uh, Munich which WCW had a German tour going on right at that moment. Mm-hmm. And my dad being, uh, you know, long enough in the business, he said, hey, kid, you never know what's going to happen. Take your wrestling gear with you because when you get the chance, you know, you know, you have to you, you have to be ready. And, yeah, I, I arrived at the building, and the first thing um, Ric Flair told me, uh, asked me is, uh, hey, kid, do you have your wrestling gear? Because somebody is injured. Of my guys, and um, yeah, I, I did that match, and apparently they they uh, liked that what I what I showed them, and they asked me if I want to finish the tour with them. Yeah. Of course, I took that chance, and uh, at the end of the tour, Vince uh, Russo came to Germany uh, without knowing me, and Vince uh, Russo and uh, Ric Flair, which was the booker at that time for WCW, they asked me if I want to sign a WCW contract uh, if I want to move to the States. And of course, I took that chance in a lifetime. Nice. But it wasn't, wasn't that easy because I was 18 years old at that moment and uh, I had to decide in uh, in one week if I'd take that uh, off or not. Mm. So Ric Flair was uh, instrumental in bringing you to the States, man. That's, uh, that's great. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's really great, yeah. Yeah, speaking of Flair, man, he's, uh, he's uh, past few weeks, man, he's been doing um, not too good in his health. And, uh, you know, it's, it's it's great to know. I never knew that Ric Flair had such an instrumental part uh, with bringing you to the States and signing you in WCW. What are your thoughts on, uh, on Ric Flair uh, and his health? Okay, I don't know anything about himself, so I'm very sad to hear that he's not doing that good because he's a, a great guy and he uh, he helped me a lot in the sport and um, he uh, not only me he always treated the young guys very good. I mean, you always could have a great match with uh, him, you know. Yeah. He wasn't like a, some other guys who didn't want to work with you just because you were a young guy. Mm-hmm. So he always uh, helped you to have good matches. 
you could learn a lot stepping in the ring with him because he's a great wrestler and a great entertainer. Yeah. So I hope he gets uh, well soon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know that you're in Germany right now, so it's uh so basically uh what's going on with Ric Flair is that uh um he's been in the hospital uh for the past uh probably couple of weeks now. Um he's there was he had some like bowel stoppage um and 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 so basically um after that um there was you know some complications with that he he went for a routine checkup and then he had some complications after that um and then uh they they kept him for a while he had surgery surgery was successful but it just really um had him just you know just kind of recovering and ill um there are some reports of some some kidney issues going on and there's you know just there's just a few reports but uh the surgery was successful but he's still recovering from that um and uh, you know just his uh there's his fiance was saying he you know it was a routine checkup and then he wasn't doing too well um so you know basically the past couple of weeks just so many messages of you know thoughts and prayers to to Rick Flair um so uh, that's that's basically the skinny of of uh, where Ric Flair's condition at this point. Okay. Yeah. Well, hope he gets well soon. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, so here's the thing, man. Uh, you had the funniest and coolest, one of the coolest theme songs uh, I ever experienced. Uh, when you, we're not too far in age. Uh, I was in high school uh, when when uh, you. Uh, had your Dust Wonderkin uh, super baby face uh, run back in the mid '90s, and uh, you you come into that ring with that techno, uh, you know, trendy mid '90s I'm too sexy style, right? Said Fred uh, type of type of feel to it. Um, it was it was so. It, it was so applicable, it, you know. It was so uh, trendy when it came to you know that era in the mid '90s. Uh, just how was your overall take on the Dust Wonderkin character, and who came up with the idea of of you doing that Dust Wonderkin style dance? Did you come up with that, or someone uh, kind of uh, nudged you to to start doing that dance? Well. Um since I grew up in Germany and techno, you know, uh, developed in, in, in Europe and in Germany at the time, very big. There were a lot of techno parties and, you know, really big scene growing at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened to that in private. I mean, I went to the dance clubs and stuff like that. So when I went to the States, um, in the States, it's true started that, that uh, techno scene stuff. It was pretty new to the state, and uh, I, when I, I went out with some boys and some of the office guys to a dance club, and you know I, I did my dance because you know I always did the dance in dance clubs yeah. just to get girls and stuff like that, and you know, so they came up to me and said, "Hey, listen, that, what are you doing? That that's pretty cool, you know, it's it's different than everything else." And I said, "Yeah, okay," and they said, "Hey, why don't you try that on TV?" And I did it one time, and after I came back uh, to the locker room, the office told me, okay, from now on, you have to do it all the time. <laughs> <I got stuck laughs> you know, it was never my intention of 
being always dancing and stuff. And I, I through my career, I, I always try to distance myself from that because my main thing was actually being a sportsman, you know, a good athlete, and you know, but. There's two sides on the dance, you know, the, the, the positive side was always, it was very individual, uh, everybody remembered me, even to this day now, and um, it was entertaining, of course, mm -hmm. uh, but the other side is that the hardcore fans, they never, they, they never gave me the chance, they never looked uh, past the dancing, mm -hmm. and, and look at my wrestling abilities, so... You know, I, I liked it, I enjoyed it, but I always try to, you know, get away from it, but the office never let me, so the office said, you have to do that, kid. Not only did you do it, I mean, you you made sure you put some, some, some gump in that, some, some passion. Uh, every time well, you were, <laughs> you would really yeah, think. Of course. I mean, that's what I did in private in desktop, so it, it wasn't that hard because it was part, part of me, you know, it, yeah. it was fun, you know, and I'm a pro. I mean, everything I want to, I'm doing in the ring in front of the audience. I want to do to my best. Mm -hmm. So of course I would dance to the best. Yeah, and plus, plus, I mean the the, uh, the the girls in America, they they liked it also. So it wasn't yeah, that. that's a that's a bonus. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big bonus. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So you went on a bit of a winning streak uh, when they first uh, brought you in, uh, as far as WCW television is concerned. Um, and then you eventually got into a big uh, feud with, with Arne Anderson uh, over the World Television Championship. Uh, how was that, uh, to, to really be coached by Arn Anderson, who's one of the best? You know, he's he's an agent in WWE now, so, you know, his resume speaks for itself. One of the greatest, if not the greatest faction of all time, the Four Horsemen, you know, WWE Hall of Famer, so... You know, it's it's great to to have that type of coaching right when you get in. As far as you know, you feed it with people like Bobby Eaton as well, another huge name. Uh, you defeated Triple H. You know that that's that's something on your resume. So, how was it? Uh, you, you know, early in your career, you know, having those names to really uh, help out and, and build your resume. Well, well, first of course, it was a big honor to step in the ring with those guys. Yeah. Uh, I always had fun with with Arn in the ring, and I always trusted him, and he he really treated me very well, and I learned so much from him. And uh, you know, it, it's so. I mean, that, that's actually the best what could happen to a guy who's starting out in a business, mm -hmm. because if you step in in the ring with with veterans like those guys, you know, you learn so much, and of course, it helps you. And if you, if on the other side, of course, it was a lot of pressure mm -hmm. because, you know, they, they expected a lot, you know. I mean, you were on pay-per-views and they, they advertised that match and all that stuff and, and the storylines, etc. And um, one side was a lot of pressure, but on the, on the other side, if you live up to, to all the expectations, it just helps you, you and your career. And uh, I'm, I'm very thankful for that uh, chance I, I got that time, you know. Yeah. Uh, what were early plans in your in your WCW career? Because, like I said, you went on a bit of a streak. I mean, it was like a, uh, just about a year before you were pinned, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they had some really, really high hopes for you. Um, was it just the TV championship level, or did they have kind of – were you in talks with uh, anybody in the back as far as just kind of ascending to the 
World Heavyweight Championship picture. I know that you were a part of like the World War Three, but the, you know that was sixty man. You've had some matches before, some high profile main event matches before, but uh, no. What, what were the? I mean, what was the 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 kind of the the direction of of your career that, as far as what you were being told? Well, the the office at that time thought that I have so much time left in my career. So they didn't want to build me too quick. Mm -hmm. And um, of course, they they always uh, said, hey, listen, one time, uh, sometime you will be uh, the biggest champion, but it will take time to Mm -hmm. get experience, et cetera, and stuff, which I thought was uh, pretty okay, because at that time I was 18 years old, 19 years old, Mm -hmm. wrestling all the big stars and traveling around worlds and making good money and stuff like that so I was very thankful I, for me at that time I just thought about stepping in the ring and having good matches yeah I didn't I didn't think about oh I want this title and I want that title. of course it's nice to get the title but I just enjoyed the life yeah, and the lifestyle and all that stuff being around those great guys and learning as much as I can mm-hmm. so um, at that time I didn't you know think about oh Am I mid card or upper card or whatever? You know, I just I was thankful. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I said, they they just thought that I have so much time left, and especially everybody who watches uh, watched uh, WCW, they they know that WCW didn't build up the young guys too much. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean WCW was more like, okay, we buy stars from WBF at that time or now WBE and feature them and then slowly build up the young stars. Do you think that was one of the demises of WCW just having that type of uh, you know they were really competitive with WWE at the time, the Monday Night War so they needed top player names. However the problem with that was it was at the expense of building other stars. One One of the biggest things about WWE is that they were building stars you know that exactly. weren't you know that weren't necessarily legendary names per se, but at the same time they were building up stars and that that kind of staying power, that kind of consistency, kind of helped WWE win in the end. Do you think yeah. the WWE? Do you think the WCW's downfall was acquiring all of those stars that are kind of in the twilight of their career that didn't have much time left? Yes. That was one of the reasons why WCW, in my, my opinion, um, which they got bought by WWE. I mean, and they just missed out uh, investing in their own future because mm-hmm. the young guys are the future of, of the business. Yep. You know that they, you have to find a mix. I mean, I'm a promoter now, and I, I you know, guys go and, and new guys come, but you have to find them a, a mix like 50%. New guys, fifty percent old guys, mm-hmm. you know, which were making sure to bring up the the young guys. And uh, at what point, uh, you know, when WCW got really uh, successful and we started Nitro and all that stuff, uh, it was the cruiserweights which made also WCW product very interesting to the fans. Mm-hmm. But not only the big names, you know, they brought in like Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, yeah. Jericho, you know, all those guys. Yeah. And I, I, we, we had a different fan base than WWF, and um, at, at first it was good. When when I started, there were like 25 uh, wrestlers on the contract. 
at the end of the BCW we were like 250 guys. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, many of those guys I never saw at any shows, so they got paid for nothing. Mm-hmm. And of course that money you know, just wasted. And bringing on all the big names from WMF, on one side of course was good to get publicity more and etc. But if the office couldn't make sure that the big names are working together with the young guys and helping WCW, then of course on the long haul it will not work out for the company. Very true. You, know, you always you have to have the, the old guys who are willing to work with young guys to bring them up. Yep. And that was not always the case. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely true. Yeah, that's 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 right, man. Because you know, here's what it, it, it reminds me of, like, um, like. Competing for like working for like a, a a corporate company where like the you know the, the the executive has been there for you know fifteen years and you really don't have much of a shot you know what I mean to to get you know to, to to kind of get promoted so to speak because uh, it's pretty deadlocked you know in the executive you know area uh, so it's it's kind of it kind of feels like a dead end job you know what I mean so and and, and it seems as if a lot of people in the WCW at the time kind of had a dead-end job type of feel to it um, because they would just keep shuffling, you know, names around. And they did that with you for a while, too. I mean, they they, they turned you heel um, for a second, you know, which which was which was decent. Uh, what do you think about your heel, heel run after you were like a super baby-faced Dust Wonderkin in 97, I believe, they turned you turned you heel uh how was that well i enjoyed being a heel mm-hmm. I, it's just it's more fun i i love being heel and uh actually they had big plans for me in in 97 uh i mean i, I won the cruiserweight champion i was i had deborah mcmichael as manager you beat so, jericho right yeah yeah and and um they had big plans for me, actually, at that time. That was the time when they said, okay, we're going to move you to the U.S. title and stuff like that, and even higher. But then my my bad injury happened yeah. on Nitro, and it sidelined me for nine months because uh, I had a bleeding in my head uh, through a match, and uh, um, I, I got blind, and uh, the recovery took me nine months from mm-hmm. that. Yeah. That was really bad for for all the plans what we had, or at least for my plans. Yeah, yeah, um, and that's that's uh, that's tough, man. I've had conversations, I've had many interviews here on the show, and I've had conversations with uh, other wrestlers as far as just like it, those injuries get get very very tough when they're just at the. I mean, really, no time's a good time for an injury, but those there's you know certain times where it's like. Man, this is the worst possible time that I could have been injured, and it just yeah. seems like that's what happened with you. Um, yeah. You know, you came back as a dancing fools, uh, you know, with with Disco Inferno. But uh, one of your last runs, uh, the WWE, I mean, the, the WCW is kind of kind of taking a different turn. Um, we were seeing like the Millionaires Club and the New Breed and, and things like that, and and around that time, not too far away from that from that era, uh, you came back as as a whole different, entirely different person. I mean, you cut your hair, you had this type of German 
authoritative figure. Uh, you were you. Your name was Berlin. Uh, yeah, and and it was a uh, very very interesting. Who came up with that idea? Well, the thing was, I I wanted to uh, get away from that pretty boy image. Yeah, you know, I just wanted to be. I mean, I, I at the age I was like twenty. What was I twenty six then or something like that? And I got older, and you know, I just want to be more serious. And since I I was injured. You know, people didn't see me. I was off TV, so I, I thought to myself and to, I said to my wife, "Hey, listen, I, I'm gonna take this time off and, and do a big changeover of my gimmick, and uh, I, I totally want to do something totally different." And so, uh, you know, I looked around, and I always was into gothic style stuff and vampire stuff, and and of of course, as a heel, being German, you can put that into the gimmick also, and. Uh, so I talked to um, Dusty Rhodes and uh, to Diamond Dallas Page, who was very influential in, in, in the creative team at that time. Mm-hmm. And um, they said, "Okay, listen, go ahead, do what you what you what you want, and uh, just show it to us." And you know, I, I took a while. It took me a couple of months to get everything together and uh, figure out how, how I wanted to look and stuff like that. And uh, one day we all trained at Sting's gym in Atlanta, mm-hmm. DDP also, and DDP was right at that moment on a, on a Stairmaster. And I walked in with sunglasses, my mohawk, and all dressed in black, and I just stood in front of him and, you know, looked at him. And he didn't, didn't recognize me. Mm-hmm. And he was stepping really slow at, at, uh, at the beginning, and... As long as I, 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 the more I looked at him, he got like kind of angry, you know, because he he said he thought, who is that guy, you know? He's trying to, you know, um, provocate me here. And uh, after end, he was so pissed. He got got down off the stairs and said, "Hey, guy, what do you want from me?" And I just took down the sunglasses, and he freaked out because it's hey, unbelievable. I never recognized you, and uh, he was so uh, um, pleased with that gimmicks that he went with me right away to the WCW office and mm-hmm. then they started doing me and uh, that was the whole thing, you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you got over as a heel um, initially, but for some reason the the fans didn't necessarily click on, uh, with it. Um, wh- why do you think it didn't, it was a bit of a disconnect in the States? Well, that's the first time I hear that. Actually, I, I, I get many fans and uh, they're saying there was one of the best gimmicks in WCW and one of the best debuts uh, from WCW. Yeah, it didn't last long, though. Why, why do you think it didn't last long? Well, it didn't last long because when they... It got postponed because there was a Columbine shooting and they didn't want to have anything, you know, looking that similar. I got postponed a few months and then uh, after the debut, everybody was really happy. But at that time... That was right the time when WCW had that big uh, change back, backstage. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody knew what's going on with the company. Nobody knew who's going to be the boss. I mean, Vince Russo was still there, but he was, so to say, on his way out. And, and not Vince Russo, Eric Bischoff, I mean. Uh, Eric Bischoff was still there, and Vince Russo was on his way in. Mm-hmm. So... You know, nobody know, knew what's going on, and um, uh, backstage morale was really bad, and 
people try to decide, okay, are we loyal to Eric Bischoff or are we, you know, look, going to, to Vince Russo's side or whatever. And then um, when Vince Russo came in, he didn't want to take any uh, ideas from Eric Bischoff. Mm. That's why he killed it off. Is that the reason why the morale was, I mean, I've talked to many people who were around that time, and they said the morale was just so low at the time. Is that one of the biggest reasons why? Well, the, the morale went even lower when Vince Russo took over, yes, mm. because he changed so much stuff, and he he, he uh, wrote a product for a WWE fan base, not for a WCW fan base. Mm. And, I mean, he... He made an actor the, the WCW World Heavyweight Champion, you know. Um, uh, that was just too much stuff, and he, he told the guys how to work the matches and stuff like that. And, you know, there was more trash stuff in, in, in the product. And um, so a lot of wrestlers didn't like that anymore. Yeah, yeah. So you left, uh, you know, the, the the merge was in 2001. You 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 became a team with Disco again. It was short lived because of the buyout. Um, so was you know was WWE ever in talks of uh, acquiring you after the buyout, or is just they they just well, really, really didn't. Well, the buyout couldn't buy or take over the contracts which which was signed directly with WCW. But I had one of the contracts of the few contracts uh, signed directly with Time Warner. Mm. So they couldn't take my contract. And the buyout they offered me was just uh, not um, interesting for me. Yeah. So I just set out my time of the contract. And I mean, I was with the company from 94 till the end. And I was almost uh, on all the shows and the house shows and stuff like that. And I was really physically and mentally burned out and yeah. I, I said to my wife uh, listen uh, why don't we go back uh, to Germany where our family are and, and friends are and uh, uh, you know I just take some time off mm-hmm. that, that's what I did I, I, the plan was just to take off and you know tie some time and uh, regenerate and stuff like that and um, in that time period uh, WWE approached me twice said, hey, listen, don't you want to come to us? We And stuff like that. And I was very honored, and I'm very thankful to that day, but I'm I'm kind of guy, if I step in the ring, I want to give 100% yeah. for, for fans, 100% for promoter, and of course, I have expectation on myself also, and I want to give 100% for myself. And I knew at that time of my, uh, of my life, I can't do that, yeah. because I just was drained, you know? I mean, all the backstage politics at the end of WCW, all the traveling, all the injuries, all, all that stuff, you know, it takes so much from your body. And uh, of course, I, I didn't see, uh, you know, the changes in my own family, like brothers and, and all aunts and, and grandmas, you know, I didn't see them for, for years. Mm-hmm. So I just said, no, I have to, you know, go back to my roots for a while and stay at home. So you've been I, home since then, right? Since 2001? Well, I wrestled, I wrestled then in Germany uh, around a few times. and uh, But, uh, you know, the first dream was always to become a pro wrestler and step in the footsteps of my father. Yeah. Uh, then the second dream was going to the States, um, being in a big company over there, which which I achieved. And I'm, it was such a great time. I, I took that to the 
to uh, this point of the day, I, I, I still miss the States because that was one of my best times in my life. You know, I loved the country, I loved the traveling, I loved the people, I loved the lifestyle. You know, it was really great. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the third dream is actually, you know, helping the sport pro wrestling here in Germany, um, especially in Germany, and uh, that the sport has a, has a future. You know, and um, giving something back to the sport. I, 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 you know, I'm so thankful to the sport, and I, the sport gave me so much. I want to give something back. You know, and and that's what I do in, in form of a pro wrestling school. You know, I help young people. You know, I teach them to the best of my knowledge. You know, and put my heart into the in my students and help them. And I just recently, one of my students signed that. Uh, uh, WWE contract nice. a couple of years, you know, and it's uh, Fabian Eichner or aka uh, Adrian Sevier. Yeah. And uh, other students of mine have already WWE tryouts, and I just help them, you know, um, to have a, a professional education in that sport mm-hmm. and um, helping them to get in that sport more easily than I did, no? Yeah. In the past, and it was really rough when you're a rookie in the locker room, you know, it was, you had a rough time as a rookie. And um, I just tried to protect them from some sort. I mean, I know I can't protect them all the time. <laughs> they have to be the stand their own man someday. But, you know, I want to learn them the sport as best I can and also give them my experience, what I backstage and all that stuff so they they know what what's what uh how do you say that they know uh how the business works mm-hmm. also and um yeah so that that's what i wanted to do and that's my uh third dream and the fourth dream was pork was uh, open up a promotion i found in 2009 i founded my promotion new european championship wrestling and um, i started that by myself uh, with my wife together, and we did everything from from advertising, booking, writing the shows, uh, DVD, uh, the cutting, and all that stuff. You know, DVD sales, and I mean everything. Mm-hmm. And now I have about 60 people in my staff. I have about 50 uh, wrestlers, um, at least 30 of them under contract, uh, long-term contract. Nice. And I'm, my company is uh, the first German. Wrestling promotions, uh, which has three TV deals signed. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, we have five, we have Fightbox uh, HD, which airs here in Germany uh, on the Imagine TV. It airs in 23 country, countries, in five continents, and um, we're also hosting in, on Fight TV uh, around the world. And just recently, we signed a TV deal with uh, Rocket Beans TV, which is a very great upcoming upcoming German uh, TV uh, station. Uh, they are just uh, won uh, a very competent uh, German TV award. So it's, it's really doing good here in Germany, mm-hmm. uh, the, the sport. And um, I'm, I'm just happy being around the sport and helping young people. Man, that's great. It's, it's, it's so great to see, you know, I always say this, man, every time, you know, I interview people on my show and I've had many conversations about this. It's always good to see someone in the wrestling business 
doing very well outside of the ring. And it's and it's even better for you because you grew up even, you know, as a as a kid, as a preteen, wanting to be heavily involved in the wrestling business and you don't have to wrestle until you're sixty, seven years old just to make ends meet. And it's great to see stuff like that. It really is. Uh, so that's great, man. Uh, how can people in the states uh, see your stuff? Are you on YouTube at all? Um, like I said, if you if you go to www.rocketbeans.tv, mm-hmm. uh, our shows are uh, aired one time a month. We advertise it always on Facebook, and Facebook we're on www.facebook.com/slash/new.wrestling1. N-E-W dot wrestling one. Yeah, there you can find all the information or you go to our website that's www dot N-E-W um, what's that? Um, uh, what's that word? Not slash, the other one. Uh, hyphen? Yes, hyphen wrestling dot D. Mm-hmm. See, that happens when you don't talk English for a yeah. long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Awesome. Uh, or if, you, if you're interested in learning uh, the sport of the pro wrestling, um, you can go to my wrestling school site, which is www.prowrestlingschool.de. Perfect. Alex, it's been a pleasure, man. I appreciate uh, this, you taking the time and, and talking about just your career and uh, WCW and just uh, the endeavors you're doing right now as a uh, as a promoter and uh, and, and a uh, wrestling school uh, owner. Yeah, thank you much for having me, and uh, I really miss the States. You're a great country, great people. Thank you so much, man. We hope to have you back soon. Yeah, thank you. All right, bye-bye. Okay, Chris? Bring what you got. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. Four corners, three. Our mind, let's go. The whole squad is making it clear. We taking this year. You know who we are, but you don't know why we here. So this is where the big boys play. These big boys play like who defies the living God. Get out the big boys' way. Outsiders with the swoop in. We live as kings. You see in us, but our third man waits in the wings. And when the time is right, we shock him with the proper attack. I go for dolo, but ain't solo. Cut the promo in black. Hollywood Hendrix, Prizzle, pinning them. To the max. And I'm that one mission with the strength of a hundred men. With one intent to see the will fulfilled of the one who sent his son to give himself. But you rap about your gas and your rags torture. White coffins when I drop a bomb. My mic's awesome, never lost faith. You in all space, you can all skate, suffer but never cripple. No bin walls in my cross face. From here to Saturday, Raven, anticipating. I was frostbit, now I am glacier, mixed with some Vader. Get to hawking with these animals using. God for my defense in Alabama We jamming, that's beautiful Bobby eating me and Priest We the dangerous alliance, nah The Harlem Heat, tie the do-rag Before we do battle, you're talking sheep You are what you speak, this too sweet Till the number is took back We repping that wolf pack The foundation shaking, no mistaking Yeah, we shook that, trusting God we trust Pushing forward, never look back Meekness ain't at all weakness Some people must shook that Stamping out this crook rap, he turning the power 
power on On the razor's edge Leg drop after a power bomb Tired of the lies, man We bringing the truth through Diligent and fruitful The owners in our group, too It's good to be king Sold out this war, it's brutal We playing them war games Our army go move, too You crew, I'm in the Baptist With a bat in my hand And stand to shatter all your plans So they don't matter In the grand scheme, it's that easy we tag teaming, Steiner Brothers, we love it, demand the win, establish it, this the clash to the champions. <laughs> this is where the big boys play, huh? We ain't here to play. Hey, brother. Hello? 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 All right, I think we're good to go. Evan, Tech Prop, are you there? Hey, brother, I'm here. Can you hear me? All right, yes. The Dr. Chris Mueller, are you there? I am here, sir. I am here, sir. All right, all right, we are good to go. All right, Uh, let's get, let's start off with, uh, with, None other than Floyd Mayweather talk, uh, and let's uh, <laughs> we got to speed up version. We are here live, WrestleZone.com. Uh, I'm glad that everything is uh, all set up and everything. And uh, let's uh, let's get into it. Let's start off with Chris Mueller. What are your thoughts on? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, okay. I see. <laughs> I see. There's a lot of. Um, uh, correspondence in the WrestleZone. Yeah, there was some uh, a bit of a glitch here. Yeah. Um, and now we're all and now we're all set. Thank you so much for everybody who was. Uh, well, right. my, I turned my mic off on purpose because uh, there was a bit of issues where everybody kept saying my mic is off. So uh, my mic is my mic is totally fine. You can hear me now. Thank you so much, everybody. Is uh, yes, I see. I hear you. Yes, yes. Finally, so uh, we are we are good to go. All right, so. Um, about make a champion style for him with a slow going and somehow someone can contact him for me because I want to make belt for him. Ah, very, very interesting. Nice. All right, so uh, let's start with uh, Chris. What are your thoughts on Mayweather and McGregor? I mean, I'll be honest with you. This whole yeah, thing whole, was disappointing whole, to me from the get-go. It, uh... So I was happy with that. But I don't think a lot of people understand Mayweather was messing with him for the first few rounds. He was sort of just feeling him out. I mean, you obviously see him fighting a lot harder later in the fight. So it's clear that match could have ended after three rounds. But the problem I have with this is everybody keeps billing it as the biggest fight of the century. And it's like you have a you have the best boxer in the world on paper versus 
essentially an amateur boxer. I don't see how that's the biggest fight of anything. And I think they basically stole a hundred dollars from everybody who paid and they totally underpaid the rest of the card. I mean, Enzo paid $10,000 for a ticket and most of the guys on the undercard didn't even make that. So I personally (laughs) am glad this is over and done. And frankly, I think it kind of almost hurt boxing because it basically says we have to go with a retired guy and a guy who's not a boxer in order to draw fans anymore. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. Uh, very interesting take. Uh, let us know your thoughts, uh, WrestleZone.com, what are your thoughts on um, Mayweather and McGregor? Um, I- I'll get to that take uh, in a minute. I-, I like the sharpness. I like the, the boldness of that remark. Uh, very interesting. Uh, what about you, Evan? Yeah, um, I tried to say we see him, fellas. This was just like you... You know, you got a, the world's greatest boxer, which I never was the biggest, the biggest Mayweather fan, but the world's greatest boxer against a great MMA fighter that's being an amateur. And Mayweather basically didn't do anything. He just roped a dope for six or seven rounds and didn't start fighting. Um, it was just, it was, they worked everybody. The wrestling at his best, they worked everybody. People paid $100 for pay-per-view. You got people spending tons of money for, for a ticket. They got their money. Mayweather made about three hundred mil, I believe, and McGregor made about a hundred mil. Mayweather look, look, look. He looks slow. He look. He, he still look, still great. He look a lot slower than before. McGregor, you know, he, he's not a boxer. He's an MMA fighter. So, I mean, maybe it'll be a rematch. Maybe it'll be a uh, Floyd Mayweather against Conor McGregor in the in the octagon. <laughs> we'd like to see that, but. <laughs> In the eye of the octagon. <laughs> hey, Sam, do you think, do you think, how long do you think Floyd would last in the octagon against McGregor? About one, one round, two rounds? Uh, no. A whole round. I mean, 30 yeah, seconds. A, an entire round is being generous. I think in a well, situation where McGregor's <laughs> allowed to kick and take him down, it's no contest. McGregor, if he was focused and wanted that to be done quick, it would be done quick because Mayweather just doesn't know how to do anything but box. Yeah, yeah. Very true. Um, let's, uh, all right, so as far as my talk, as far as my take, rather, um, on play Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather, and Conor McGregor, So I'm trying to get here. Let's see here. Okay, can you guys hear it on Russell Zone? I think so. Let's try that. Uh, let's see. Let's see. You all hear that? You all hear that? You all hear that? All right, we'll get this thing. All right, we'll get this. Um, um, as, as far as uh, Mayweather and McGregor, um, I, I think I, I liked it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, th- I thought it was a really cool type of take to it. Uh, I think it was aggressive as far as Mayweather and McGregor is concerned. That's what I'm used to. He- that's what I'm used to seeing. Um, <laughs> I, there's some hatred here, is what is what I see. Um, 
yeah, I, mean, I think it's I think it's kind of cool, man. I, I, I don't want to see this a lot, but um, you know, I think that uh, I think the sport of boxing, because the sport of boxing is just going to the to the tank, um, and and that's unfortunate, but. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting. I don't want to see. I don't want to see it again. <laughs> but I can just. I can definitely see McGregor um, coming back. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's get. We got a lot of no mercy trivia. Um, we'll get to the the headlines here in a moment. But I got a lot of really really cool no mercy trivia. So the first trivia question for the WrestleZone.com. Uh, it's funny because I just uh, someone just asked when does trivia start, and here it is. You can see it for the both those who are listening live. You can see it. And is you see this when main event of No Mercy 2001. And what was the main event? What was the main event of No Mercy 2001? So that is the first question, and we'll see where it is. Main event, No Mercy 2001. All right, without late, without uh, further ado, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get to some headlines. Here we go. All right, the first headline uh, for tonight, uh, as people are <laughs> as people are answering that question, uh, the first headline for tonight is Oscar injured going to the main roster. Uh, yeah, I think it'll be pretty interesting. Um, as far as Oscar's yeah. concerned, uh, as far as the the as far as the latest is concerned, they want to their Triple H wants it to be the same type of thing with her having an undefeated streak, and we'll be talking about Raw here in a moment. Uh, undefeated streak for Oscar uh, on, on Raw. They, they're thinking about Raw. Um, and it's really interesting. We'll start with Chris. Um, what do you what do you think about just the potential streak with Oscar right now? The the injury they're talking about like six to eight weeks, um, which isn't bad. I mean, you know, the big taping is for uh, what? No, it's for November uh, for the one in Survivor Series uh, for Survivor Series. So that's another. Well, I think there's a big taping for the next, uh, I think like month to month and a half. Um, so you know that's I think that's really interesting. Um, if they if she was injured, uh, she could have dropped it, but it really seems like they're 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 really really serious about the streak, uh, and they really want to make her. Uh, continue the streak on to Raw. Uh, we'll talk about Raw very briefly as far as Alexa Bliss is concerned. Um, winning. So it seems like they may be kind of dragging, potentially, they'll pro- probably drag this Bliss and Jax, and if you want to add Banks in there. It seems like you set someone up for Asuka, whether it be Bliss or Jax. Oscar uh, and Jax has had, you know, they had a pretty good feud in NXT. But when I say pretty good, it's kind of like a David versus Goliath type thing. So I think Nia Jax is way too green. I've, I've said that many times before. Um, but, you know, we'll, 
thought, what are your thoughts, Chris, on far as far as just potentially bringing Oscar up? Well, I think her injury was a blessing in disguise because I personally agree with the whole carrying over her undefeated streak on the main roster. And I think had she not been injured, she probably would have dropped the title to somebody and gone into Raw or SmackDown with a loss on her record. So this actually kind of works out because she's able to go in there and they're going to be able to hype her as this unbeaten, unbeatable machine. And she's just going to go in there and and tear people's heads off and it's going to be awesome. Yes, very much so. Right. So you see her in Jax? I could see her feuding really with anybody, but if they want to, you know, put her baby face, yeah, pair her with Nia Jax. If they want to keep her kind of ambiguous like she has been in NXT, showing some heel qualities, then I, I think it would be best to put her in a triple threat or a fatal four-way and just destroy everybody. Oh, very interesting. Evan, uh, your thoughts on Asuka coming up to their main roster? You know, when that happened, uh, you know, happened. I kind of had like a memory of RVD was the longest winning TV champion, ECW. You never lost the title, but got injured and had to give it up. I kind of had a flashback of that. But um, like 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 Chris said, man, it's a blessing in disguise. She, she got injured and hopefully, you know, give her a few weeks off that she can heal. Go to the Raw roster and she can continue on the feeder street. And I had the same thoughts when this happened. And then it gives, you don't want to overstay your welcome. You know, Oscar's been in NXT for a minute. She's been undefeated and she was just kicking everybody's butt. You don't want to do a team on the way, get stale and get redundant. So I think it's just the right amount of time where she can go to the Raw roster, somebody new for the women's division in Raw. Hopefully she fight now, Jax. Now Jax is on the gym. Let me try to kill her. Let she trash all it. Oh my God, the people. And um, you know, and then uh, it gives the every Ember Moon and it gives everybody else a chance at NXT to kind of shine and to kind of shift the focus on someone else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, I, as far as just uh, uh, the potential. I think it's cool with the potential Oscar streak. Uh, I think, I think that's, um, so we'll see. We'll, we'll see how it is as far as what they're going to do with her. I mean, there's, there's going to be a couple months, but uh, we'll, we'll definitely see where that's going to go. Rude. Uh, another person who got uh, brought up to the main roster. Um, and, you know, his debut was um, uh, his debut was uh, what you, you call that uh, glorious. That's what it was. Uh, so I, I, I like him as a baby face. I think, uh, I think it works because um, because that type of feel, I think he's over, you know, the, the, the crowd loves the music. Um, there, there's some talks of potentially ditching the music uh, because no, would kind of contradict his style uh, as far as just being that baby, being that heel. Um, if we you know, if and most likely when he makes that turn, so it'll be interesting. Let's get your thoughts, Evan. Before we get your thoughts, the correct answer. Uh, no one got it right. They got two out of three rights. Uh, so unfortunately. Um, uh, because 
because you didn't get it right, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to buzz you. I'm gonna have to buzz the uh, the WrestleZone.com um, fan base, the the live listeners. I'm gonna have to buzz you. Uh, yeah, I have to buzz you. Uh, the correct answer is this right here. You see that Austin versus Angle versus RVD. That is the correct answer. Uh, for those who are looking live, I'm holding postcards of the uh, of the uh, I'm, I'm 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 holding handwritten postcards of both the questions and the answers. And I'm going to do a trademark tear of the cards every time I ask the question. Here's another question for you. Uh, the next the next question of the night is this. I'm holding I'm holding the cards up again. Um, here it goes. Ready? Who did Edge defeat to become Intercontinental Champion at No Mercy 2001? Who did Edge defeat to become Intercontinental Champion at No Mercy 2001? Chris, do you know that answer? Oh, of course. Well, I mean, yeah, that's a great match. Do you want me to say it? Yes, go for it. Oh, it was Captain Charisma. Christian. Captain Captain Charisma Christian. Um that is correct. See that card right there for the live list viewers. Christian, at last you're on your own. <laughs> oh, that'd be the, the, the at last you're on your own. Uh, yeah, and it was funny because the first one was just kind of weird. Um, yeah, it was. And then, and then, it, yeah, it started to be okay. Um, Asking, people keep asking me about these questions, so I have them for you. You see this here. It says, who defeated Lance Storm and the Hurricane to remain the WCW tag, to retain the WCW tag team titles at No Mercy 2001? Who defeated Lance Storm and the Hurricane to retain, it says remain, but retain the WCW tag team titles? At No Mercy 2001. All right, real quick, the uh, the next uh, headline right here the story is uh, uh, low key and GFW part ways. Um, uh, again, yeah, you know, it was one of these things. It was one of those things as far as low key. Low key, unfortunately, is notorious for. Um, he, he's he's quite notorious for kind of leaving companies when he doesn't have his way. So, uh, you know, and the unfortunate part is, you know, he's kind of doing that same type of thing. Um, type, you know, he's unfortunately doing that same type of deal uh, with with GFW. This is his fifth stint. This this was because uh, he. He's in the he's in the next uh, table as far as a heart, but he's not have that. Um, so the so the skinny of that is uh, he wanted some he wanted some world, some world title, and he didn't get that type of push. Um, 
And unfortunately uh, for him, uh, you know, he, he went to the, he went to the management. He said, you know, I'm, I'm about to just do a terrible job and I'll try my best. I'll try my best and talk like low key. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he went to the management and said, Ed, Jeff, uh, I think I need a push now because I have been in this company for a I am an ex physician of this and I think oh, that you on. should give me a book. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, Jeff Jarrett and Ed Norm and all the other people said, oh, let's see, let's give Matt Seidel, um, <laughs> Eli Drake. Uh, yeah, let's see, we see a few names here. We see Moose. Oh, I'm sorry, man, we don't see your name on here, buddy. And then Saloki says, "Oh, well, I, I I'm, I'm upset about that because I, I I'm a TNA original, so uh, and, if, and so they could some sort of agreement." So, uh, so without working uh, uh, my terrible impression of Loki, Chris, uh, <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I I stopped watching TNA, GFW, whatever it's called these days, a while ago. But I, uh, I really, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little confused by it because he never struck me as that kind of guy in the past, but I guess that's sort of the reputation he has. Um, but it just sounds like it's the same thing that happened to him in WWE. You know, they had him win, what was it, season two of NXT, and then he cashes in his title yeah, shot against an ice, small. against an intercontinental champion. Like, it was – it doesn't I, seem yeah, like anybody has used yeah. him. It doesn't seem like anybody has used him to his fullest extent, so I understand the frustration. But at the same time, where is he going to go now? Because I doubt WWE is going to take him because they have better cruiserweights than him. Yeah. He's got he went in Japan, too. Yeah, I don't know. He's, yeah, he's one of those guys I that I like watching perform. But yeah, oh well. <laughs> pretty much. Oh well. I do too. Um, but you know, I think uh, I think his head is a little bit bigger than his popularity. Honestly, um, yeah. I, I don't think. Uh, I think that he reaches a very tight niche market. Um, fun, you know. He's fun to, like you said, Chris. He's fun to look at. You know, as far as his performance is concerned, it's fun to watch. But uh, you know, he's never been billed as a top guy. Um, in ROH, the beginning of the beginning stage of ROH, he was a top guy there, but um, you know that was anything away from you know the names such as like Christopher Daniels, who's a top guy back then as well, and uh, you know ROH champion for a while. Uh, Nigel McGinnis, Daniel Bryan, Samoa Joe, or Brian Daniels, I should say, Samoa Joe, all those names, uh, huge, you know. But at the same time, those were names who were still kind of, you know, CM Punk as well, they were still really in the name at that time when Low Key was as well. So, you know, it's one of those things that um, Low Key has never been doing. Right, but, uh, have your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, Low Key, he's a He's a great talent in the ring, but like you said, he goes way too big. He goes way too big. Yeah, yeah, 
it's kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, you're now not with Anthem, Impact Out with GFW. Uh, what do you want to call that place? And now it's like, where you going to go? You going to go to Quick Center, Quick Center, 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 I don't. I don't see WWE picking them up. Uh, I just. I don't. Um, Rita, good job. You see this? The Hardy Boys is the correct answer. Great job on that. Um, so I, yeah, I don't see that. Um, here's another one. Who? The Rock. To win the WCW Championship at No Mercy 2001. Who defeated Barack to become uh, the WCW champion at No Mercy 2001? Uh, All right, real quick, uh, let's get to the Raw and SmackDown. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on uh, Raw and SmackDown? No, I I enjoyed both shows this week, actually. I thought the title change on Raw was surprising and surprising is never a bad thing in this industry i understand people not wanting to see a title go back and forth but the fact of the matter is title changes create buzz and the only people who really have a problem with it are like the hardcore fans like us they're appealing to children and casual fans most of the time and watching somebody win a title is exciting to those fans. So I don't have a problem with the title change, and I like that they are starting to make Nia Jackson look like more of a threat because she sh- that's what she should have been, you know? Uh, yeah, well, I'll get to that as far as my take. What are your take on SmackDown? Uh, I enjoyed SmackDown this week. I thought it was a relatively average show. Relatively average, yeah. Um, Nothing major. Yeah. Um, Evan, your thoughts on Raw and SmackDown? Uh, I thought all was well done. It was good to see the Vince's letting the women main event Raw again. I like how the past few weeks lately Raw starting to have different main events. Where you know one week is Ron Reigns and Cena, and then you got the women, and then you know from Ron against Apollo Crews, so it always switches up. But I did did not realize to the end of the night that that Booker T was not commentating, and I was oh crap, King's here. Because you know Booker T of course is a heat to helping out the uh, hurricane victims. But um, yes, and our prayers. Yeah, prayers to Cleveland Houston. Yeah. But uh, oh, man, I, that's why the Raw was um, seeing it rains. Uh, the promo was great. You know, they, they fed to the, IW, the IWC a little bit, and they said some <laughs> things. Reigns clearly is not nowhere near seeing the level. And then Featherstone, you know, I'm not the biggest Cena fan at all. I don't hate Cena, but Cena's is okay. But you clearly can see Cena's like still wear both heads and shoulders over Reigns. Well, I like the fact that Reigns basically right now is looked upon as the heel. Even for the first time in 10 years, you've heard grown men chant Cena. Yeah. It hasn't happened since 2004 when he was economics. Yeah. Yeah. 
here's here's my here's my deal, and it seems as if well as we saw with Roman Reigns, he definitely uh, forgot some lines, and it seems like uh, <laughs> when he starts calling him a uh, a punk AB, uh, <laughs> he uh, there probably wasn't a part of the script. So it seems like he went off the cuff on that one. I don't know if he's going to get any heat for that. Um, but it, it really was the rock. like he was. <laughs> it, yeah, he did it for the rock. Did it for um, the rock. Yeah, I did it for the rock. Uh, and here's the thing: I, I probably he probably will get some hate for it, uh, but not probably not too much. Uh, at the end of the day, here's the deal. Uh, and, and your your thoughts just failed last weekend. Um, but I think that at the end of the day, Roman Reigns is the guy. They want to make Roman Reigns the guy. So um, it it seems like Cena kind of threw that in there so he can kind of still save himself. As far as like, you know, he he that, that's. <laughs> That's the thing about Cena, man. You know, it's it's like, yeah, I'll put you over. But I'll just give you a, a beat down, a shellacking on the mic. And my stuff isn't scripted, but yours is. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what it seems like. Right. When, I, when, I, when, when, when I think about John Cena, that's exactly what I think about. Like, I, mine isn't scripted, but yours is. And it's like, that's the same thing with, like, with him and, and – um, what was his last, you know, verbal? I know him and AJ went at it, but there was another verbal one. Owens. Uh, Owens. Uh, well, there was another one too, though. There was there was one that he was feuding with. What was what's been his the Miz? That's what that's what I was thinking of. The Miz. Um, and he, you know, he he buried the Miz on the mic too. You know, and it's like it. That's what it really seems like with the Rock. Like, yeah, you know. Yours is yours is scripted, but not, mine isn't. As far as SmackDown is concerned, decent uh, main event was just man. Uh, they kept they kept promoting the Orton Mahal uh, Orton Nakamura. Um, oh gosh! But, I mean, they they really really started doing that. And uh, you know, to me, the Orton RKO came from a mile away. To me, I mean, that was so obvious. Um, so yeah, that that was my take on on that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's let's get to the flavor of the week. Um, I think it's uh, let's let's get into some some no mercy. I got some I got some questions for you all as well. Uh, some more questions. So let's talk about the flavor of the week. It is now time for the flavor of the week. Grade. Um, we are going to grade no mercy. Uh, 1999, uh, 2000 and 2001. Uh, let's start. Let's start with No Mercy 2009. So start off with the with a UK uh type of type of feel to it. Uh, and then after that, um, <laughs> uh, let's see. What was the? Yeah, it was Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho defeated the. Chris Jericho, the card. Chris Jericho. Uh, next one. Uh, who won? Who won the WWE Championship 
at No Mercy 2000. He won the WWE Championship at No Mercy 2000. All right, let's talk about uh, No Mercy 99. Um, The card was this, a very, very interesting card. Uh, Godfather defeating Midian. This really goes to show that the the mid-card pull, right? Exactly. That that was the first match of No Mercy 99. It's like, we we complain about about 2017, but yeah, that was the first one of 99. The Godfather defeating Midian with Viscera. Um... And Mula defeating Mae Young, uh, well, what's Mae Young? I'm sorry, defeating Ivory to become the uh, WWE champion. Uh, the Hollies defeating the uh, New Age Outlaws. Um, China defeating uh, Jeff Jarrett. Um, as a matter of fact, I got another question uh, for you all. The, qu- the, cur- the correct answer on that was uh, Kurt Angle. That was his uh, first. Uh, so here's a 99 question real quick. What type of match did China defeat Jeff Jarrett at, uh, in at No Mercy 99? So we'll wait for that answer. We'll talk. <clears throat> and uh, the New Brood defeating, uh, which was Matt and Jeff Hardy defeating Gangrel, uh, defeating Edge and Christian, the latter match for the managerial services of Terry Reynolds and a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> what type of stipulation was that? Um, X Pac defeating uh, X Pac defeating Bradshaw Kane and Farouk, Bobby's defeating Mankind, and then Triple H defeating Stone Cold Steve Austin. So quick, what are your what was your review and grade of that? You want me? Did you Can say we, Chris? I'm sorry. Chris. Oh, okay. Uh, overall, I'd give that pay-per-view like a, somewhere between a C-plus and a B-minus, but the Hardys versus Edge and Christian in that ladder match basically set in motion their whole ladder match legacy that those four guys have built. So that match by itself gets an A-plus for me personally. Yeah, good point. Evan, you're you're a great on No Mercy too. The Atlanta match was A plus because it was on all the video games. Everything else was about like a C plus to me. And I just I just thought yeah. on that time that Triple H Austin feed was just weird. They never had the greatest chemistry. I'm sorry. The best chemistry, yeah. Uh, good job, uh, Russell's own Facebook Live. Good housekeeping match. That is the correct answer. Um. And here's my here's my other one before we get uh, into the uh, 2001. Here's here's my other one. Um, who who retained who retained the WWE Championship against Steve Austin at No Mercy 99? If you didn't just hear me, who retained the WWE Championship <laughs> against Steve Austin? So uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, great point on the uh, as far as the uh, as far as the ladder match is concerned. I think that was a um a, a good prelude. I think that uh, saved uh, uh that match. 
as far as that. All right, real quick, let's get to uh, 2000. Um, the Dudley Boys. Um, dead Man. No. <laughs> See, people aren't listening. <laughs> uh, the Undertaker is not the correct answer. Um, I just said it probably three minutes ago. Um, but the Dudley Boys defeating uh, right to center in a Dudley Boys Invitational Tables match. Mixed tag team match between APA and uh, Lita defeating TNA. Uh, still cage match. Chris Jericho defeating X-Pac. Uh, right to center defeating China and Billy Gunn, which was uh, rare. Yeah. <laughs> Stone Cold. Stone Cold defeating Rikishi. Oh, actually, that was a no host bar match. I went to a no contest because he still did it for The Rock. He did it for the people. Uh, William Regal defeating Naked Midian. Oh, <laughs> I mean, this is <laughs> this is as attitude there as you can get, though. I mean, this is this is it. Um, and here is the other uh, trivia question: uh, Who defeated? Uh, I don't see the cards for this. I, I think I just, uh, I think I, uh, I think I did. I probably just uh, threw it away, unfortunately. But who defeated? Uh, the, here's the, here here it is. Here's the card. Triple H is the correct answer. Uh, Los Conquistadores defeated the Hardy Boys for the championships tag team titles. Triple H defeating Chris Benoit, uh, Kurt Angle, and defeating uh, The Rock, becoming uh, WWE Championship. Uh, for the second year in a row, this is uh, Kurt Angle and No Mercy were were BFFs because uh, it was a tight year. Not 2009, uh, 2000. Um, so yeah, this is his first year as champ. And this is when he won the title. Um, real quick, your thoughts, uh, Chris? What would you what would you grade it? Uh, most of this card was a just a mishmash of random stuff. So. C minus, I guess. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was like a mishmash for sure. Uh, and Evan, what'd you give it? Um, I thought uh, I'll give it about <clears throat> about a C plus. Again, the angle match yeah. was great with the Rock. Um, I was really surprised with then the angle won the title. Um, angle and the Rock had good chemistry. And it was overall, it was about a C plus, B minus, maybe. B. Yeah, uh, I give it a I, uh, I give it a C, a solid C. Like Chris said, it was just kind of like a when the, that mid card at that time was just all over the place. Um, Kurt Angle's second uh, uh, Mania, uh, second uh, No Mercy. Uh, it was in a main event again, um, so it wasn't necessarily as big as he lost him uh, and RVD. Um, lost to Stone Cold, Stone Cold retained. Jericho defeated The Rock for the WWE Championship. That was uh, that was the question then. Uh, Undertaker defeated Booker T um, in a singles match. Uh, Dully Boys uh, defeated Big Show and Tajiri. How about that? <laughs> Big Show and Tajiri. Uh, Edge defeating Christian. Uh, we, that was a trivia question. Tori Wilson defeated Stacey Keebler. Tess defeating Kane. Uh, 
Chris, you still there? Yeah, you still there? We'll apologize, fans, for a little time for the penalties. Why don't you go ahead and give your grade while we wait for him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that grade is OT. Yeah, about a B. Yeah, about a B. Yeah, overall, you know, no, no mercies weren't really bad pick the Vs. Maybe they would, uh, did well for a good few years. Yeah, I got to agree with you. I thought there were some decent matches on the card. Obviously, the 17-year-old me who watched this didn't mind Tory Wilson versus Stacey Keebler in a long right. match. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, totally you know, the me in my 30s now looks back on it with disdain. So, but yeah, I, I give it a B, B minus just because that main event was pretty solid. Yeah. Gotta love, uh, <clears throat> remember, I remember, remember the old No Mercy theme song used to come on. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like an old no, no Mercy theme song they used to play. Um, and now, you know, every, they don't even have like a, Theme songs anymore for pay per view. They buy the Machine Gun Kelly a full rider. Yeah, yeah, oh god, yeah. They, somebody in WWE loves Flow Rider. I don't know what the deal with that is, but uh, what'd you think of the May Young Classic? I'm surprised he didn't have that on the itinerary this week. You know, I've not got, I've not, uh, didn't I get a chance to really watch the May Young Classic yet? Uh, but a couple people, um, on my staff and my show have watched it, and I heard nothing but good reviews. I do know a couple of uh, the ladies who are in the Me Young Classic personally that are from my area um, that wrestled. So, I'm um, actually happy. Another thing, when I makes it 2002, um, actually, uh, one thing I did enjoy was the beginning where you had uh, King was sitting in the locker room and um, uh, Undertaker was sitting on his chair and King sat down next to him and asked him, well, how was your week? And they just looked at each other. So, I remember that vividly. Um. Yeah, 2002 I don't know if I actually watched that one I, There was a year or two where I kind of Fell out of it a little bit there Once women started to become a bigger part of my life But With lucky landslots You can get lucky just about anywhere Dearly beloved We are gathered here today to Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.